eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, we're joined by a Boone Podcast alumni, the seven-time All-Star, two-time batting champ. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of my best friends in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, Edgar Martinez. Edgar, thanks for coming on the program again. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. God, it was great catching up. It's always great catching up uh, when we get to spend a little time together in Seattle. Didn't get to spend that much time, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Hall of Fame weekend. You going? Uh, yes. Actually, it will be fun to uh, to be there and uh, you know, see all the festivities. I'm looking forward to it. Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, for those of you just listening to the Boone podcast, Edgar was inducted in, in 2019. Um, this year, it's Freddie McGriff. It's Scott Rowland. Uh, this is your fourth now as a veteran of the Hall of Fame. Uh, what's what's explain to the audience? You went through it. You didn't get in on a first ballot. Uh, you went through a long grind to get in. Freddie McGriff's waited a long time for this. Give me a little insight on what Freddie's going through and what he can expect this weekend. Yeah, you know when when you wait um, ten years, it's you know it's a lot of ups and downs. And uh, it's a lot of uh, arguments about it. Why you sh- you you can you should be in the Hall of Fame? Why not? In my case, it was about the DH, uh, and uh, you know sometimes you see the numbers one year and they going up, and you go it's like, oh man, uh, I have a chance. And one year, two years later, they go back down, and you lose hope. Uh, so it's a roller coaster when you wait that long. And, um, you know, when finally you get the, uh, the call that you made the Hall of Fame is, uh, you know, you remember all those years, you know, all the way back playing Little Leagues, 
all the people that help you along the way um, and uh, all the uh, all the ups and down so it can be at, at a little emotional at times so this you know this time where he gets to the uh, Hall of Fame to Cooperstown uh, he's gonna have a lot to do so his mind won't be able to you know to think to uh, leading uh, to to the day that they have the the induction, but um, you know it, it's going to be uh, emotional at times and a lot of satisfaction. You know, you, we played this game for a long time. You know, since we we're little and have dreams and and uh, when you make it to the top to that level, which is you know the best players are in the uh, in Cooperstown, you go like how that happened how come i'm here so very emotional but uh, a lot of satisfaction also yeah and i don't want to take anything away from scotty Rowland. you know he's going to the hall of fame too but i i just think that you could relate a little more with freddie and and you waited 10 years freddie's waited like 20 <laughs> you know he, he's had like double double the time and yeah. uh we, we we both played against freddie and what a great player almost 500 yeah. home runs and it's a long time coming one of the great guys in the game and it's going to be cool uh watching him finally get his due um what was it like for you walked into your first hall of fame dinner as a rookie now you're a salty veteran but <laughs> did it compare anything like uh being a rookie in the big leagues as a player that first time in when you got all the guys that have been in the hall that you've watched it and probably watched them do a <laughs> lot of their speeches you walk into that first first dinner. What was it like being a rookie all over again? It does feel like that. Um, you know, they have sections like let's say uh 3000 3, heat table, the 600 home runs table and, and the, <laughs> right. So you're uh in between the best players in the game uh and it's like being a rookie but you look around and it's like I mean, when I was there, it was like all the, the big names, uh, Reggie Jackson's, um, uh, you name it, Paul Molitor uh, and uh, Hank Aaron. It, it was incredible. And uh, uh, it, it does feel like you're a rookie, and, but at the same time, it makes you feel like, yeah, I can't believe I'm here. So it's very I remember, I remember talking to you leading up to your induction and and the grind of having to having to put that speech together and to go up in front of you know we talked about it last time you're on the podcast i've only been to cooperstown once but i saw it and when i was watching on tv i always thought oh you know there's a few people on the grassy grassy knoll uh in cooperstown and then i got there and i watch it i'm going it's like a sea of people all the way up the hill it's way more it does for those of you listening to listening and watching the boom podcast right now that that have only seen cooperstown on tv it doesn't do it justice you've got to be there to see it's like woodstock <laughs> what i what i imagine woodstock would have been like but um what do you remember about that induction like you said busy you got a lot to do everybody's pulling for you you know it's your time as a veteran you could probably sit back and enjoy it a little bit but what do you remember most from your induction year you know, one of the things that it kind of hits me was, uh, I, you know how they do the parade? Uh, yeah. 
do the parade. Uh, I think it's uh, Saturday. And um, you, you go in, in the car where you are. I was with Holly. And uh, there is so many from Seattle uh, with, you know, Mariners jersey that I was like, wow, this is incredible. I mean, like a lot of people. And when uh, I was um, uh, in this, on the stage and there was, they mentioned my name, it was that chant, you know, Edgar. Right. And it was like, it felt to me like everybody there was doing it. And, uh, but it was so many Mariners fans there. It was pretty cool. I couldn't believe it. And uh, all over the town, you walk around and it was Mariners fans all over. Uh, but that moment when they introduced you and, and they, uh, they did the chant, that was pretty cool. And uh, I never forget that. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And also, and I know this is kind of a silly thing, but but I think, it, I don't know, I think it's a decent point. You talk about when it hit you, that that's when it hit you for you hit you for you when they were chanting your name you're at the hall of fame you're get you're on the stage you're giving your speech but then after you know we all as players we all uh we sign autographs and sometimes a fan will come up to you and say you know could you write the gold gloves or or silver sluggers or batting titles in your case but the first time you get to write write that hof that's got to be another thing like wow Okay, now it's real. I get the right Hall of Famer on my on my autograph. Was that another point? And and I know it's kind of a dorky point, yeah. but for a guy that's not in the Hall of Fame, it seemed like that'd be pretty cool if I get to ask to write HOF next to my name on the on the ball. So the, the first time I wrote it is like, how should I write it? HOF nineteen or two thousand nineteen? <laughs> right, right, right. But I I. It is kind of it is a weird feeling at the beginning because I remember looking at some of the balls and people that you know some of the players assign Hall of Fame, and it, it, when I when I look at it, it's like it, it's so natural. Uh, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. But when you do it the first time, for the first few times, you go like, should I be writing this? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, it takes a little time to get used to, uh, but um, uh, I mean, it, it's uh, it's very cool. It, it's actually feels good. This year, are you glad you don't have to speak? I'm so. <laughs> you know, when you don't have to speak, it's, it's so relaxed. You you know, you go and do some of the uh, 
uh, the festivities that they, they said, the dinner and the cocktail parties and all that stuff. But yeah, don't have to worry about the speech. I have to practice that thing like 70 times to feel comfortable, somehow, you know, somehow comfortable. And uh, it's still hard to do. You know what? Tommy told me, you know what he did? I don't know if I've shared this with you. Tommy told me before he did his speech, he flew to Cooperstown early, went out on the stage and <laughs> practiced in front of that field. And so he was taking it to a new level. You talk about practicing it 70 times. And when you think about it, you know, we've all had to do speeches. We all go to events and, and you may maybe speak, maybe a question and answer. That's That's one thing. But this is probably, you know, Unless you're doing something now I don't know about. Probably the biggest speech you'll ever have to make in your life. Yeah, it is. And you know what I was uh, panicking about it? Uh, it was, you know, that sometimes, like in the stadium, uh, you talk and it's an echo in the back. Right, right, yeah. That's the worst. And I had it uh, on my speech when, the, the you know, I retired. And I... I it was so hard for me to kind of finish my sentence. So uh, I was panicking about that. And I talked to the guys at the hall and said, do you know if this uh, speaker, the way it's set up, it have the delay, you know? And they say, no, no, this doesn't have it. So I'm like, okay, good. I know exactly what you're talking about. In, yeah. in Seattle, yeah. I've done a few interviews after the game, just on the field, you know, spur of the moment. Hey, talk about this. And you're right. It's the delay. And it's almost like you got to wait. You've already finished your sentence, but it hasn't finished coming out. So you got to wait for that. And you're all off. And you don't know how weird it is to the fans that sit sit up there and they have no idea what you're going through. But it's kind of a panic. It is. And I kind of always stop just to hear. It. And it's so awkward. And uh, but. You know, I was uh, I was panicking about that, and when they said, "Hey, no, no worries here," I was like, "Okay, I'm good, I'm good." Because the pressure. Go ahead. Yeah, because the way I practice, um, you know, I was writing, and I write, you know, one, uh, one time the whole thing, and I read it, and then I edit, and I read it, and so I did it so often that it felt. If I felt comfortable about it. Right. Uh, so it kind of diminished a little bit the anxiety that you have when you, you have to make that speech. I mean, it's in front of so many people, but uh, definitely the practice helped a lot. Uh, for people out there listening that, that have never been to Cooperstown, what's your, what's your favorite part when you go back? What's your favorite part of the whole experience? Is it a, is it a certain part of the museum? Is it the speech? Is it the parties? What, what's a must see for Edgar when he heads back to Cooperstown? You know, one, one of the, uh, obviously one of the cool part is the dinner, uh, because all the, uh, big name players are, uh, there and, um, you know, they roast, the new guys, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's very cool. Uh, the, the induction, just, uh, going to the induction and see all those, those people, um, all the fans, you know, kind of happy for, for the inductees. It's, it's also, it's always very cool. 
it's always very cool to watch how the fans, um, you know, support some of, of the uh, inductees. Um, so that, that, that will be my two things, uh, favorite teams. Uh, we got to play together two separate occasions and, and uh, that we were teammates. And I know Edgar, the guy, and Edgar, the man, and Edgar, the teammate, Edgar, the hitter. I know all those Edgars. And and to me, you haven't you haven't changed one bit. And usually, when you get away from the game, and and we mature, and we become uh, older gentlemen, and we've been been there and done that so many things in the game, we have so many life experiences. But if one thing has changed, is there anything that's changed in your life since that Hall of Fame day? Um. I don't think it has, uh, other than you get older faster. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, 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 events in your life is what it changed. Um, you know, my my kids are getting older. They're getting, you know, my last one is going to college, and uh, the other one, you know, it, it's like. All of a sudden, you go like, oh, my goodness, my three kids are going to be out of the house. Uh, and that is a new stage for me and my wife. But uh, other than that, nothing has changed. I mean, I keep my same routines. I do the same things over and over every day. Nothing has changed other than, you know, events in my life are, are changing. Okay, before we move on, one one question. You got any piece of advice for Scotty Rowland or Freddie McGriff? Or if you had one piece of advice, what would it be, a guy that's been through it? I will give two. One, okay. try to write it, the speech, and practice and practice and practice and practice. It don't matter, you know, whether it's 50 times, 70 times, 100 times. But the more you do it, do it uh, when you write it yourself, it's uh it's easier to remember uh and it flows easier and then have somebody edit and give you uh you know feedback and and say should i change it or do this or that holly helped me a lot i i i asked some of the uh writers to to kind of take a look and kind of get me uh, uh some advice um the other part which is probably the, the hardest one, is just look around and actually make the effort to actually enjoy it, uh, the process. Uh, it's hard because it's stressful, but there is, you can enjoy it. Just look at the fans, look at what's happened and actually see it so you can remember it. And um, and share as much as you can with your kids and your family. That's uh, those are that would be my my advice. I think uh, I was able to do that, and I'm I'm glad I did. So you mentioned Holly, and this is probably a good choice for her to sit there and kind of be your audience and critique you. Could you imagine if you were writing your speech and I took the place of Holly? <laughs> would 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 we ever get it done? <laughs> or, 
<laughs> or well, would it just be a never ending? We we probably couldn't keep straight. You probably couldn't keep a straight face. I would have ruined your whole speech because we'd never get anything done. Oh, I know. I agree with you. <laughs> hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great seeing you at the All-Star game. Always great getting to see Poppy. And no, for those out you, don't get confused. For the people out there listening, don't get confused when I say Poppy. Because everybody, is that Big Poppy? Is it David Ortiz? No, it's Edgar. And I always have to explain to people, I said, Edgar's kind of the original Poppy. Big Poppy came on the scene and they they said, it. you know, a lot of the postseason heroics, it was Big Poppy. But we and, and people go, well, he's Poppy. I said, yes, he's Poppy. And everybody that plays with him knows that Edgar is Poppy. So don't I, I don't mean to confuse you out there when I refer to Edgar as Poppy. A lot of times that's what I do. Um, it was always great getting to see you. Yeah. Uh, first three days, we it seemed like we passed in the elevator and we didn't get to sit down and and uh, and and kind of catch up. But the last day we did and we, we talked off camera briefly about this and I thought it was cool. You know, we have busy lives and we're in and out of this game a lot and, and we're doing a lot of functions within the game. But for me and, and I think for you as well, the day right before the pregame ceremonies for the all-star game. And uh, it was all the all-stars from 2001 and a couple of, there were, there was Jay was down there because of the festivities that happened afterwards. Danny Wilson was down there. Junior was down there. Uh, but, but getting to see Kazuhiro Sasaki, who we, I haven't seen in 20 years, Freddie Garcia, Nelly was in the room. Uh, big Olerud was in the room. It's always fun uh, seeing Johnny. Um, 
but most importantly, our skipper got to be in the room, Lou, and uh, who who you've spent a ton of time with. I've spent a ton of time with. He means so much to so many players. And when we got put in that equipment room, uh, it was funny. We we all got called down because we had the pregame ceremony. They were announcing the 2001 All-Stars. And they put us in the equipment room. I felt like we were in a shoebox, hidden <laughs> away from everybody. But I got to sit on the couch with Skipper and kind of probe him a little bit and ask him some questions. It felt like it was 20 years ago. And then just let Lou go, and he would tell the stories, and we're all in that room cracking up. After that time, even though it was 20 minutes, it was pretty special, and, and it brought us all back, I think, to, to some fun times that we shared uh, did you enjoy it as much as I did? I did. I mean, I, I was forward to see Lou. Uh, haven't seen it since uh, the induction. He was in my induction in the Hall of Fame, but that was the last time I'd seen it. So, been uh, yeah, four years, and I knew he was struggling with health issues. So, I wanted to 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 see him. And like you said, I mean, he's. He's fun to watch and listen to. He knows so much about the game, but also he has so many stories, and he's part of a lot of those stories. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's part of everybody's story. Everybody has a loose story. Every you know, and, and I'm sure Edgar, it happens to you. I know it happens to me all the time. Give yeah. me a loose story. I've got a ton of them, but we all do. And, and I'm sure people ask you, Edgar. Hey, what's Lou like? What, what you got a story? And we all got stories. I have, uh, I have, <laughs> I have some that I can say. <laughs> no, me too. You got to preface them. Yeah. We recently had Alex on, on the program, uh, A-Rod, yeah. and he had a story. And it was similar to one of mine when Alex said when he was a rookie, he got sent down for like the fifth time. <laughs> and and he just told the story about him going into Lou's locker in the old kingdom. In the in that back locker, the skipper's locker, and he told. I said, Alex, I got like three stories like that. I got sent down all the time too, but um, it yeah. it is. He's there's only one Lou Pinella. No one's I've met in my life. No one's even close. It, and it's just he's he's a just a unique human being that ended up being uh, one of my favorite people one of my favorite big baseball people I was ever around. And it happened to be my, my manager. Yeah. You know, one time I, uh, you remember Henry Cotto? Yes. Henry, yeah. super utility player early yeah. in my, early in my career in 92, when I got called up, Henry was that, that super utility player. Yeah. So Henry, uh, this is probably, I mean, right after he, he, uh, he got, you know, came to Seattle and Henry Cotto is struggling, you know, he's not hitting many balls hard. He's kind of soft and uh, he hit this weak ground ball to third base and uh, Luke called me, he say, hey Edgar, come here. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> and he goes like, Edgar, what has happened uh, with Henry? It's like he's hitting with a marshmallow bat. <laughs> he's he's unbelievable and it's just stuff he'd say that all the time and and so, sometimes you know if you had a new player on the team and Lou just hanging around the cage you never know what he was gonna say and you couldn't take him personally because that was just Lou but you'd get new players on the team 
and he'd he'd say something, and the new player would look at you like, "What is that?" And I'd say, "Listen, don't worry about it. That's just Lou. That's just what how he is. He'll just say stuff like that out of the blue." But that's what makes him him Lou. And you could too. And you know my relationship with Lou. I would yell at him. He'd yell at me for something on the on the, in the dugout, like, "Hey, Boone," and I'd say, "Lou, do you forget how hard this is?" And he'd look at me and he'd go, "All right, son, I get it." But that was that was fast forward a, a few years later, where I was a veteran player. But that's the kind of relationship I had with him, and and we never, my second time around, we never had a true argument, but we would go back and forth and that's just was our relationship. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah. That was a, the, the way to, um, to manage. I mean, one thing that I, I remember I heard, uh, from him was like, you know, he, he will tell you things right in the middle of the game and instead of going private. And the reason was he said, well, what about if I don't say it now and next inning ha- happen again, happens again. So you, you have to address it there. So the player don't make the same mis- mistake again. And the other people listening, they don't make the same mistake. Uh, right. So it was a way for him to teach and say, you don't do this this way. And he had to address it like that. He, that, that was his, uh, his style. So, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Can you imagine Lou managing in 2023? Oh. With the players say, But, you know, a part of me thinks about that and thinks, well, the great ones are the great ones. And Lou would adapt. He would adapt to yeah. the players how they are now. But it is funny, his style. And it was, um, you know, and I brought this up a, a lot of times. Lou Pinella was a man that if he respected you as a man, if he respected you as a player, uh, he, he would take a bullet for you. And I, I don't mean that literally, obviously I, he would run through a wall for you, but if he didn't respect you in any of the two capacities I mentioned, man, it could be a long year for you or, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't be on the team for much longer. No, no. I mean, he, he'd have to, he didn't have much of a uh, patience for, you know, uh, players that, he just didn't do what it's supposed to do, to do or work hard or things like that. He didn't have much patience for that. But uh, uh, it's not that he didn't care about that person as a person. It's just that um, he just have a hard, had a hard time, uh, you know, managing uh, that type of player. Yeah, he needed guys that were men's men and had balls. Let's be honest. That's what he wanted. And and he respected that. And it's standing up to him sometimes, he respected that. Yeah. Uh, but he's one of a kind. Uh, here's a moment that I thought was cool and, and we haven't talked about. It. We had our, our moment where we got announced the 2001 All-Stars. It was great. And I remember we were walking down the tunnel and I turned to Big Rude. I said, greatest regular season team in the history of Major League Baseball coming through. And Rude looked at me and goes, Actually, that's true. And I said, it is true. It's it's a special team. I know we didn't finish the deal and it sucks. And we'll, to the day we die, we'll probably be asked that question, that great 01 Mariners team. How did we not finish the deal? And and it's actually a, a double-edged sword. It's, it's cool that we won, but it, it, there's a little bit of a negative connotation put to it because we didn't win the World Series. When you're that great, there's high expectations. And when we played as great as we did that year, uh, 
Yeah. We, we've always got that. And, and that's something cool. I, I'll always be proud to say I was a part of that time in, in Mariner history. And I think you feel similar to me, but um, I thought this was cool after we got announced because we all know there's kind of a hierarchy in Seattle. It's Ken Griffey Jr. And it's Edgar Martinez. And they're kind of the pillars of the organization and it's well-earned. You played your whole career there and, and had an unbelievable, obviously hall of fame career. Kenny, the same, we know nobody has to talk about Ken Griffey Jr. in his career. Uh, but we all know there's there's Kenny and then there's Edgar and then there's the rest of us. And we just kind of fall in behind. And that's the way it is. And that's the way it should be. But I thought it was a really neat moment. Uh, all the things you get to do, Edgar, and all the special times in your life, Hall of Fame being probably one of the one of the top. Uh, everybody doesn't just get to throw out a first pitch for the all star game. And I thought it was really awesome that that bone. Jay Buhner, who who spent his whole pretty much his whole career in Seattle. Dan Wilson, who pretty much uh, spent his whole career in Seattle, got to catch the pitch. But the two pillars went out there, and it was you and Kenny. And I thought it was a nice moment, and it was a fitting moment after after you know twenty two years ago the the All Star game was there. Me and you were teammates on that All Star team, and then fast forward to 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 just the other day, you're throwing out the first pitch at the next All Star game in Seattle. Maybe you didn't think it was that. I don't know. I I, I don't know what you think. That's why I'm asking you. But I, as a teammate and and player that was on that field uh, for this All-Star game and in 2001, I thought it was really cool watching watching you two do that. Uh, It's been in the top of my list of things that I thought that was, like, really cool. Uh, Definitely going out there with Junior. Um, was uh, uh, was uh, so much fun and, and honor, uh, and have Danny and Jay Cashin. I agree with you. This is one of the coolest things. Uh, you know, I know for me, one of the coolest things and, and that uh, I have done. Uh, and uh, it was cool. It was cool. I really. Uh, love uh, being able to do that with with Junior and the guys and Jay and and Danny. Well, Poppy, enjoy the festivities coming up. I'll be watching it on TV, but uh, have a great time out there and and have a great time out there as a veteran that can let your hair down and you don't have any pressure to do anything. But uh, have a good time. Uh, love you. You know that. And and I always appreciate you coming on and, and spending a little time with us and, and uh, this year. We talked about Thank the you. Hall of Fame. But awesome. Have a great trip. I'll see you soon. I'll probably be out there later in the summer. And for those of you listening to the Boom Podcast or watching the Boom Podcast, I appreciate you listening and watching. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>